Bam, we're live. Hello. All right, what's up, dude? How's it going? I tried something new this morning and it didn't work. What was that? But it's okay. As long as I tried, I tried to. I went live before I put our faces on there, and then I thought I could run my mouse back over and get us on the screen quickly. But I did. But I was unable to. But I was unable to. People saw black for a second. Well, it's working now. So. Hey, are you on a computer? I'm on a iPad. Oh, okay. Um, do you think you could turn it um, the other way? This way? Yeah. How's that? Better? Yeah, I can do it. The only thing is, is I'll have to look at the, here, let me, the camera, not you guys. So. If you prefer, the, yeah, oh yeah, that does look way better. All right, let's do that. That's good. Are you already at the gym? Yeah, I'm here. I just got here about 30 minutes ago. Can you see the comments? Mm, let me see. Probably not. I think. Yeah. No. Okay. It's okay. They don't say anything important. They're only they're they're only fifty one percent of the show. The other forty nine percent are me and Caleb. <laughs> well, just I, let me know what they say, and I I'll help out. Okay. Uh, uh, this guy says good morning. Oh, actually, I could see. Or is that was that you that clicked it? I could see it now. Oh yeah, yeah. I put it up on the screen. Oh, okay. Good morning, everybody. Uh, you guys know I'm joking. You guys are definitely a very valuable part of the show. Oh, I guess I said you were 51%. That's important. <laughs> That's important. Uh, I met you at the ranch. Yes. It was love at first sight. Man, you're a cool dude. You and uh, you were there with Devin Kim? Yes, Devin Kim. Was anyone else with you guys? No, just the two of you, right? Yeah, and Allie Weiss. Is that different than Brittany Weiss? Yeah, that's her younger sister. Oh, okay. Brittany's the girl who's on your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. That's right. I remember there being a third girl. That was that was cool running into you guys there. It's always exciting for me to go to, to the ranch and then um, uh, to see Dave and then to see that event, the gun show that was going on there, the gun event. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. then uh, to meet you. And then it, it was kind of like, I don't know Devin, but I know Devin. You know, like we've probably been to, at 10 events together and she was just a little girl. Well, she was never little. Yeah, she's yeah, always yeah. taller than me, but it was kind of crazy. And I, when I saw her there and she was so warm to me, I, I wasn't able to piece together who she was until like, I think I got home. Got I was it. like, holy shit. That's the, that's the little girl who would come to events that her mom and dad <laughs> would work at. I was like, holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Uh, uh, congratulations on an amazing team and congratulations for basically being in love with your team. I, I, I watched uh, two or three of your uh, interviews yesterday mm -hmm. and i can totally tell that you're just like ecstatic to be with that posse yes yeah yeah i yeah, definitely am uh it's a good squad and that uh what's the other guy's name chamas chamas josh ashama ashama what, what do you guys call him do you call him oshama he yeah oh we just call him josh but um, oh you do okay yeah ashama al, al say his last name for me again i hope he doesn't get mad at me i think it's al shama Al Shama. He's, I'm about to get a text right now. Probably he's looking at the or he's listening to this. So, so I didn't have any. It's, it's amazing what a little video will do. I didn't have any like interest in him at all. It's just like oh, just some random team dude, whatever. And then I saw him in your vlog, and I'm like, wow, this is a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty cool. Um, he's actually, English. Yes, yes, yes. From England. Um, it's actually a really cool story. When I first when I started here. Um, I was supposed to be on a team with him here, here being uh, Invictus in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Invictus. Okay. Um, and I was supposed to be on a team with him 
for the West Coast semifinal before the pandemic. Okay. Um, and I just saw him through Instagram and stuff. And um, yeah, I was supposed to be on a team with him. And then it kind of all fell through. And then full circle, we're on team and we make the games and stuff together. So it was, there's obviously way more to the story. But yeah, I just saw him through Instagram. I was supposed to be on his team. And then we never ended up being on the team. When you started at Invictus, was that dude there? Was uh, Al Shama there? No, but he was. He, so he used to follow uh, the Invictus programming. Um, Tino used to program for him and stuff, and then he kind of just stayed in LA. And then, um, yeah, that's all. We just kind of met through Instagram. When did he? Do you know his story? When did he come from the UK? Um, he'd be a little bit easier, better to ask, but he came. I want to say four or five years ago. Did he come because of CrossFit? Mm, actor. No, he wanted just, to be an actor. He wanted yeah, to be an yeah, actor. He to, <laughs> Did he? No, no, no. Uh-oh. He just came and I guess just to start a new life here in America and stuff and then found CrossFit. And, yeah. Wow. Crazy story. I, 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 I wanted Brian to be on here this morning because we were talking um, a couple days ago and uh, we had uh, Paige Powers on. Oh, cool. Nice. And she basically went from finding CrossFit to one year later being uh, on a team. Yeah. No, no, uh, no. Sorry, a teen athlete. She, she, she took. I don't know. Her first. She was did CrossFit for a year, and then was on the podium, or no, maybe fourth place as a teen at the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. And Brian said something like, "Yeah, that's pretty fast, but obviously it's the teens." And uh, I don't think that ascent could happen in individual, but your ascent in CrossFit is pretty darn crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You found so, it in 2019. Mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I've already been was, to the games twice. It was funny. I was watching videos. I was, I went to Tino's house the other day just to watch the Jaguars play. And I was watching videos of the first open I did the 2019 one. It's pretty, pretty bad. Like I couldn't even do toast to bar. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. 2019. So so 2019 you find CrossFit. 2021 you uh take 17th on the Invictus team at the CrossFit Games? Yes, yeah, yeah. And then last year you make it on the podium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- dude, it's nuts. Yeah, it's I mean it's there's been a lot of hard work, but yeah, it's the the progression has been really really fast. Um where were you born? Uh, Del Rio, Texas. So small border town, um, west of San Antonio, two and a half hours. And you're Mexican. Yes. My mother is from Mexico. Yeah. And you, do you speak Spanish? I do. Yeah. Fluent. First language. Yeah, actually first language. Yeah. I learned that through my mother and I'll, uh, like anytime I call her, she'll speak to me in Spanish and stuff. So I always, it's always fresh in my mind. God, that's cool. And uh, did you learn English simultaneously or you learned English afterwards? Uh, afterwards, uh, but it was when I was really young. So I knew both languages since I was a kid. So I was, yeah, I've always known both. And yep, that's Del Rio right there. And your, you said your mom was born in Mexico. So on her side, your first generation? Yes, exactly. And so that's the, the Ciudad Acuña. That's where my mom's from, right across the border. So when I go back home, like I'll spend time on both sides, um, have some family members on there in, in Acuna, Mexico. And your dad was a border patrol agent. No, no, my dad just worked. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and he picked my mom up and they came. Yes. Yes. Um, no, he uh, worked like manufacturing uh, companies and stuff. So. And what's his ethnicity? What was that? He's Hispanic. But but not but not Mexican. No, not Mexican. An- another uh, native people who was raped by the Europeans who happened to meet your mom. Well, actually, my father is Mexican. Part of my uh, grandparents, 50 Spanish, 50% Spanish, Mexican. So I'm a mixture of kind of everything. And, and how did your mom get here? Um, she just you know, met my father, I guess, in a manufacturing company. And then they kind of talked and then he kind of brought her over and then ended up doing the whole uh, deal with like the visa and all that. And then she ended up staying. I actually, I actually What a great story. Yeah, I actually lived in Mexico um, at my grandparents' house for a while uh, when I was a kid. So it was it was really cool, like just experiencing both both sides, um, and then also still having both sides. So anytime I go back home, like I feel like I live two lives: one in Mexico, one in here uh, in America, and it's just like back and forth. Um, so yeah. You like going? You like going back uh, to Mexico? Is it's a it's yeah. a, like a, a home spot for you? I love it just because I feel like it kind of brings me back down to reality and just like seeing like how it's a poor community there in Ciudad Acuña and they're just like the happiest people. So it just kind of brings me back down and kind of helps me enjoy family, like just the food and all that stuff. So I really, really do enjoy it. Do you have dual citizenship? I don't. I actually wanted to get it through my mom just to try to buy some land out there and stuff. Um, so that's in the works, but yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always always good to get an extra passport. Just yeah, case. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, wow. And uh, are you in your so you when you said you lived in Mexico for with your grandparents for a while? How old were you then? Uh, I want to say anywhere from like two to five in that range and did your parents live there too yeah they they bounced around here and there um obviously at the beginning my parents struggled with money and stuff they were young and so they would stay at my grandparents house or i would stay we'd go back and forth so yeah yeah extended family stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, it wasn't quite like that with my family but but um or at least for me but that's the way my dad came immigrated here and then sent for all his brothers and sisters and so when they moved here they all moved into a house together right that's how they do it so they're all piled into one house and it was my favorite house to visit and i would go there every day all my aunts and uncles were there and i'd go there and people just be loving on me and feeding me and that's exactly what happens when i go back home man yeah it's awesome the best and are your parents still living there in uh in, in that border town? Yeah, yeah, they're still there. Mm-hmm. And do you go back and visit often? Not often anymore, but uh, I actually went right after the Rogue Invitational, and I spent almost two weeks there, just kind of hung out and relaxed. Are they? Is your are your mom and dad tripping on your on your body and and what you're doing with CrossFit and all that? Um, honestly, it's funny because I've I've always been this way, um, and my mom's. A, she nonstop every time I talk to her, like, you need to stop, you need to slow down, you're gonna get sick. Like Oh, like you're pushing your body too hard. Yeah, but I've always I've always done it since I was a kid. So they they kind of understand. So um so by the time you're five or six, you're permanently in the United States. You're not doing the back and forth stuff. Mm, 
here and there, I mean, I, like, it's hard to say I'm not going back and forth because I'd go, I mean, we'd spend all, the whole week in there, come back. Like, uh, we're huge on family. So it was always, I'd see my grandparents three or four times a week. I'd have to go there. Um, they'd come back. So honestly, my entire life, and up until I came, honestly, to San Diego, um, I stopped going back and forth. Did you do all of your, did you do all of your schooling in the United States, elementary, junior high and high school? Yes. Yeah, I sure did. And, and was your school full of Mexicans? Yeah. Oh yeah. My hometown is like 99.9% Mexicans. Yeah. And when you go to school, are they teaching the uh, curriculum in Spanish or in English? Um, English. Um, but I mean, we have teachers that would speak Spanish and stuff and it was, it was, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. And there'd be kids in your class who didn't speak a lick of English, right? Like a dude who just came yesterday and you're like, yes. hey, dude, what's up? And he's like, hey. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's my family. Oh, what a great family. That's your mom in the middle? Yeah, that's my mother. Wow. Mm-hmm. She's a looker. Holy cow, you have a good-looking family. Thank you. And that's your brother who's in the videos? Yeah, this is my cousin through my mom's side. Yeah, Lalo. He's a, actually, he just stopped it. He was a coach here at Invictus. Um, there's a funny story about him as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. Let me hear the funny story about him. I saw him in your video. He seemed it seemed like good. You guys seem like brothers in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got a really really good relationship. Um, so he actually so we grew up together and stuff. And he actually left uh, to Miami uh, to do like Cirque du Soleil. He was a gymnast. Um, and so he stayed out there, and we hadn't talked in like seven eight years. Um, and so. Uh, one day we reached out, re- reached out to each other on Instagram. We're like, Hey, let's catch up and stuff. And then eventually we came to this thing to where we're like, Hey, let's start a gym here in San Diego. So he moved over. Um, and then we just started talking about starting a gym. And then we both kind of hopped into Invictus at the same time. And we fell in love with CrossFit and that just kind of put on the, got put on the back burner and we just ended up doing CrossFit. He became a CrossFit coach. He competes as well um, on our uh, other Invictus team. And so, yeah, we've just kind of been in this space together and just kind of have been growing at the same time. Who Who is that other girl in the in the picture um, right before you guys? Yeah. Oh, that girl by the fireplace. Uh, so this is Allie, Allie Weiss. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and she was the one. Um, okay, now I recognize her. She was at the ranch. Yeah, so she was at the ranch. And so... Yes, yeah, so she used to do CrossFit. Actually, she was a teen, and she won. She won the CrossFit Games. Wow! Yeah, shows how good I pay attention. And is she, and she, but she's not on your team now. Her older sister is. Her older sister is yes. And is is Allie still doing CrossFit? Yes, she is. She'll be uh, competing on the second on the other team on our second and biggest team. Hey, what's that like? Do the sister are the sisters pretty competitive? Is that pretty crazy? Oh my, yeah, they're very competitive. Um, very, very competitive with each and other. Allie, and Allie's like really, really quiet and conservative, but she, she turns it on when she goes against Britt. It's, it's pretty funny. How how old's Brittany? Twenty four. Okay, so yeah, she's still young. The older sister's still young. Actually, I, I lied. She's twenty seven, and Allie's twenty four. And, and how old is uh, Alshama? Josh is 30 now. I think he and, just turned 30, yeah. And Devin's 12. Yeah, Devin's 12. <laughs> no, she's uh, she's 19. or No, she's 20. She's 20 now. She just turned 20. 
and so you and, De- and you and Devin have uh, individual aspirations. That's that's where you guys are headed. Yes, 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 definitely. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, you haven't had any alcohol in two years. Um, actually, I did have some in Vegas. Um, just to I, that was the first time where I was like, look, I'm gonna relax. I'm gonna let everything just kind of. I'm gonna eat what I want. Just kind of reset. Just because I've been going so so hard on myself for the last two and a half years. Um, so in Vegas, I did. I said, you know what? This is the time to reset and just kind of uh, relax, take it easy. So I did in Vegas. Uh, Caleb, and that Caleb was, how long has it been since you've had alcohol? Like six months. Let's get it. Let's get six months. Well, his yeah. isn't probably isn't by choice. Caleb's de- no. Caleb's deployed overseas, Jorge. So. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, so he's just in Very the room cool. over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, so sorry, I interrupted the story. So you were in Vegas. You were in Vegas for like a comp. It was like after a competition, or yeah. So they put on that competition uh, at Underdogs, and I just kind of went to spectate and stuff. And that's when I came on. Um, and so yeah, everyone kind of went out that night. And I said, yeah, you know what? Like I'll come out and just kind of. It was the staying out late part was the the tough part for me. I usually get in bed by like eight, so that was that was pretty hard on me. But it was a good reset. And you've been abstaining from alcohol, not because you're an alcoholic, but because you're trying to put all of your eggs in one basket. You're trying yeah. to optimize what your uh, body can do. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brace yourself, people. This one's going to fucking rock the house. And no caffeine either. No caffeine. Fucking and- brilliant. You don't know how much I envy that. That is brilliant. <laughs> I, I used to, I mean, that's. No, I can't say I, I still kind of crave it, but I I was a big I loved coffee. Coffee was my I mean, it's like a routine. You wake up, you want to drink it, like. But I was having two coffees with four shots of espresso in each one. A day. A day, yeah. Before noon. Before noon. Mm-hmm. And people people were always asking like, what what's the difference? Like, why do you why do you stop it? It's not that bad for you and stuff. And every time I talk about it, I say. So it took me a while, but once I kind of uh, figured out what it does to my body, every time I, 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 I'm like thinking like this, I don't have those up, down, anxiety, stress, depression. And so like any, anything that pops up, it could be rent or something that's due. And I'm, I just kind of like figure out in my head, I'm like, it's, it's going to get figured out. It doesn't. And that was ever since I stopped drinking coffee, I didn't have those ups and downs. So it's been really good for me mentally. I, I, I want to say something as, as extreme as it would be like that for everyone. I don't think people realize the impact it, it has on them. Yeah. I mean, I know the impact it had on me after, after like six, seven months, I kind of started to notice, Hey, like I'm not having those anxiety or the stressed out or the ups, the downs, the, yeah, it was just kind of weird. Uh, David wide uh, alcohol is mas malo than sugar. See that? Like I know my audience. <laughs> I know my guests, Mas Malo. Uh, yeah, okay. That's incredible. And what about you have that guy there who works out at your gym, uh, the, the big, beautiful guy, the black guy. He's a doctor. Um, you know what I'm talking about? He's a giant. He's the fittest doc. He's been on this show. I can't remember his name. Doesn't that guy work out at Invictus, Caleb? He does the crazy shit. He's got like, you know, pr- like probably like a 500 pound back squat and shit. 
Hmm. He looks like a statue. You don't know who I'm, I'm talking about, Jorge? I that means I, that means he doesn't work out there, and I have the wrong gym. He's a San Diego native. Hmm. I don't know. He he says he only drinks coffee right before a workout, and he thinks it helps his. Oh, this guy. Uh, this guy. No, not that, that guy. Uh no, that's not. I don't think that's you. This guy. Yeah, no, I haven't seen him here. Oh, that dude doesn't work out. I thought for sure that guy worked out at Invictus. I mean, he maybe he could. Been times that I'm not here, but I I haven't seen him around here. I think you'd know. He's pretty high profile. Hmm. He's a great guy. I think he's in San Diego, by the way. And if you need a doctor in San Diego, he's a full blown nutball CrossFitter. He's the doctor you yeah. want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's such a stud. Does it say where he's living? Doctor Nick. Yeah, I've never heard of him. And anyway, he said he drinks a coffee only before he works out, and I want to say that he thinks it gives him a one. Per, he uses it as a uh, PED. Got and it. He's, Is it like he, a, it just like kind of like pre-workout, like it just kind of jolts him. And, he thinks it gives him a one percent uh, increase in performance. I mean, it could. I don't. I don't know. How was was it hard? Was it hard? Did you did you go through that? Did you start telling yourself stories like that when you quit coffee? Like, oh shit, my performance is gonna suffer. Um, no, because when I I did it because uh, so it was like I had little things I would say like, um, all right, so these athletes are doing this, this, and this. What's the next step that I can take to get me closer to them? And it'd be like, all right, well, you're drinking a ton of coffee. Let's try to cut that out. And so anytime I would cut something out, it would mentally was like, okay, this is going to get me better. So it wasn't like, oh, it's going to affect my performance. God, you're wise. I think that that's one of the turning points in my life when I realized that to be better is to remove things from your life, not to add things from your life. And I think so many people have that shit backwards because that's not how our minds are, are technically trained to work, right? We need more food in the refrigerator. We need more friends. We need more cars. We need more. But really, if you want to be a better person, it's the opposite. You got to start ditching shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's very true. I didn't even think about it like that, but that's kind of my, my thought process the last couple of years is what can I cut out? Because obviously I already added the nutrition, I've added the recovery, I've added this. And it was coffee, alcohol, processed sugars. Um, I, what else did I cut out? There's hanging out with friends to add more recovery, quitting my job. So it is kind of taken away. It's, e- it's even as simple as this. So let's say you have a car and a motorcycle. Right. And so then now you have to, you spend an extra, extra time making sure that motorcycle is registered and you making extra time that it has insurance. And then when your motorcycle breaks down, you're spending extra time taking it to the shop. And all of these things are taking away from whatever your goal is. And if you have your big picture goal, and if you have 20 things like that in your life, let's say you have a hamster and you have a dog and you have a fancy coffee machine, all, and then, you know, your fancy coffee machine breaks down. Now you're in line at Best Buy trying to return it and get $100 back. And it's just a fucking club your life becomes a clusterfuck of taking care of shit objects instead of being at Invictus and I'm doing the Sam dancer warmup. There you go. You should write a book and sell it. <laughs> Stealing from you. Cut things out. What I learned from uh, Jorge Fernandez. You like your name? I love my name. Yeah. It's pretty cool. My middle name is Alejandro. So oh, Alejandro God. Fernandez. Yeah. Money. <laughs> 
Hey, um, can you pull up my um, Instagram account, uh, Caleb, and, and see what I posted yesterday? I had never seen that Sam Dancer warm-up from your vlog. Mm-hmm. And I just got so excited because I spent so much time in my garage. That was, so, of, that was so awesome seeing that. And, and so when I saw you doing the Sam Dancer warm-up, I'm like, how can I – I brought my boys and I'm like, okay, we're going to, I did it with the 40 pound D ball in the rotation. Yeah. 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 But I'm like, we're just going to steal this from Jorge. This is so cool. So they were watching, watching they were, they were watching a star Wars or something last night. And I'm like, Hey, stop the movie. They're like, why? I'm like, I need to practice. I need to see something (laughs) on you guys. That is great. That's it though. Right. Is, do you approve of that? I do. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I even like it on the sand dune things because it's like more stability. Right. Um, but yeah, just marching away and then strengthening the upper half of the back, holding the people. That's awesome. What about what about holding it down low like this? One of the kids tried to hold it low. I'm like, nah, nah. Nah, they got to hold it in that front rack position or bear hug. Okay, good. Yeah, that's good there. Do you use the sand dune stepper? I don't know. I've actually seen it. I'm really interested in it. I want to kind of see if I could do like some handstand pushups and stuff on it just because it's like the instability. Um, but actually wow. the, first, the first time I ever saw it was I think Josh Bridges had it in one of his YouTube videos or something. Um, but yeah, I've never given him a try. Uh, Caleb, will you see if you can find someone doing a handstand pushup on a sand dune stepper? That would be nuts. That thing is so unstable. Yeah. I guess you could do one hand first and then the other hand and then try both hands. Like, Yeah, like a plate plate on one side and then sand dune on the other. Yeah, I think it, it could strengthen the wrists and stuff, which would be good. Ha- have you ever seen anyone do that? No. no oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So you're, you're going to elementary school, uh, b- border town and junior high and high school and um growing up is good really familial you have a lot of support you're obviously when you have a lot of family your identity gets grounded in your family yes you're a confident uh little kid you know your parents love you Mm -hmm. and um any any sports in those towns any like school like what are you doing what are you doing after school and during school yeah um so like i said i never stopped my uh, since i was a kid so i played Soccer, baseball, basketball, track, I, I did it all. Uh, but my main sports were baseball and football. Um, I played both all through high school, and then I decided to go uh, the baseball route into college. Why not? Wouldn't soccer be like more of a better cultural fit? That's one thing that I think I've – well, I don't regret it because I, I am where I am, and I really love what I'm doing now. But I think I could have been – pretty good if i would have stuck with soccer and um where do you think you built so you built a base mm-hmm. active kid yeah and where do you th- of, of those sports could you pick one or any combination of them that you think would like was soccer build your like you know miko Salo was a soccer player so he got his engine uh yeah. katie Motter was a basketball player so she did the four minutes you know that you're on the court full throttle any one of those in particular Oh, there you go. Oh, good find, Caleb. Wow. Close, I guess. I still haven't looked at the sand dune stepper. Okay, there's the (laughs) sand dune stepper. (laughs) That's funny. Thank you. Thank you, Jorge. Um, 
anyone in particular that you think was no no they all pretty much helped me i mean soccer hand their feet coordination agility uh power endurance football hand-eye coordination helping uh, honestly f- football helped me to understand how to be a leader more um I don't know. It all kind of ties in everything. I've, I've just known that I've always like worked really hard in training and, and like running and stuff for my sport. So whatever it was, it, it helped me in what I'm doing now. What do you mean football helped you um, with being a leader? Mm, so I was just the quarterback in high school. Um, Honestly, starting at from seventh grade to senior year, I was like the, the starting quarterback and I would just be like the mediator between my coach and my team. Um, and then just calling plays and just, I, I don't know, I just, it brought my leadership to a whole new level. Did you know that that was happening or, or only in hindsight when you look back? <sighs> um, I always knew like I had to lead by example and everyone would follow. But now that I look back, I, I understand how much of it I did and how I led uh, quite a bit of people in high school. Yeah, crazy. I, I've had this kid, Tyson Bajan, who's a college football player on the show a couple of times now, mm-hmm. and he's a quarterback. And I'm starting to understand like the huge importance of leadership from a quarterback at the highest levels. Like that's like, I mean, you can't, can you teach that to a kid? Does someone sit you down and say, Jorge, you have to be the leader or you figure it out? I so I'll give you a, a, an example of now that I look back and I understand that I was meant to lead. And so uh, freshman year of high school, they brought me up to varsity to become a, a cornerback. And so I was practicing defense and stuff. And the star quarterback at the time during practice injured his knee. And so my freshman football coach, told the head football coach for the varsity team, hey, Georgia can throw, like, let him go in there and, and try. Crazy. And so, I mean, I'm a freshman kid, like, huge dudes and stuff. I'm like, I go in and stuff. And and you yeah. were little, right? You, you, you were, oh, you were yeah. a slow developer, right, as a kid? Slow, yeah. I was like a buck 40, really skinny, short little Mexican kid. And so um, I go into the huddle and stuff, and I kind of have the nerves and – and we go call the play, and my center, who's this 6'6", 240-pound guy, I'm, like, having to, like, really squat down and get under him. Um, he kind of fumbled the ball. And so I grabbed his face mask, and I said, get your shit together. Like, and threw him. And that's, like, now that I look back at it, like, who's this little four five foot nothing kid like telling this six six like i knew it was in like now i know it was in me but i didn't know at the time like what am i doing like this guy will kill me almost like you were having an out-of-body experience you were like holy shit what am i doing here yeah and since like from that moment on i was a star quarterback through the whole um through all four years and yeah it's pretty pretty wild and that dude respected you for that oh yeah they all did they all they yeah and they could they called me like the princess like the little princess kid and it's just like they all respect and they knew once i was in and it was it was yeah it's pretty pretty wild are, are are you the team captain on the invictus team yeah i would say so yeah um you went to italy mm-hmm. and you got to hang out with uh rich yeah 
And he's he's definitely not short of leadership skills. No, not at all. Um, did you glean? Did you did you enjoy that? What was that like? And you got to actually spend some personal time with him, like hot tub time and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was. I would say one of the best experiences of my life, um, just because I've always like looked up to him, and um, not just in the sport, but like you said, just the way he leads. Um, that's kind of my entire life, the way I've tried to be. Um, so yeah, it was great. I mean, it was, it was so cool because we'd get done with competing and we were staying in the whole, in the same hotel and stuff. And, and after every single competition, we'd go into the pool and his family, Hillary and all the kids were there and stuff. And, and I just got to really know him on a personal level, just like Outside of CrossFit, we talked about football, his favorite team, the way he grew up, how like him playing baseball. And I just kind of I feel like I connected because I feel like my life has gone the same way his has. So, it's you know, obviously he's like the, the greatest in the sport, I think. And it's just like it was it was so cool for me. It was, it was a great experience. Did you know he was going to be there? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I did. But you didn't know that you were going to bond with him. I didn't know I was going to bond with him, but I did want to, I did want to obviously talk to him and stuff out there. Um, but yeah, I just, it was, it was a really good bonding moment and stuff. And it was, it was cool for him to kind of let me in and just kind of talk and, um, outside of CrossFit. Uh, fortuitous that you guys stayed at the same hotel, just like, wow, this is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's not a it's not a stretch to see the parallels right away between you. Both of you had uh, professional baseball aspirations. You took it a little bit further than he did, mm-hmm. and uh, and then both of you pivoted uh, to CrossFit accidentally. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you were in track, what did you do? Oh, wow, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that forearm on you. Yeah, that was me. And and you had Tommy John's injury. I did, yeah. Toward the UCL my junior year, actually. And you didn't have surgery. I didn't. No. Is that a? Uh, did you have a chiropractor in your family, or someone who told you the body can heal itself, or is that a cultural thing? Mexicans don't go under the knife, or what, <laughs> yeah, why didn't you? Why didn't you have the surgery? Um, so growing up, I've had injuries, broken fibula, torn knees, uh, just stuff like that, and I kind of. No one really told me to do so. I mean, honestly, in a, in a Mexican household, your mom's and my mom would be like, hey, you're going to the doctor. They're going to figure this stuff out. So I always went against the grain with that um, on my own. I just never liked taking medications, never really liked taking anything that helped me. I always felt like I would say better um, when I was injured if I handled it on my own. Um, I don't understand. I don't know where I got it from, but I just always thought like the body heals itself, let some blood flow, get into it, try not to sit and elevate too much. So I, so I just kind of took that. Um, there's some pictures of me in, in a high school, my senior year, I broke my fibula. Um, and I got this cast made. So I Wait, your still, fibula is in your leg. Yeah. My, the outer bone. Um, okay. And so I just continue to play on it, uh, with like this, kind of cast that bounces up until this day it's, it feels fine like i never took the time off so i just kind of took that into all my injuries and it just kind of i don't know got me through it caleb what is um uh, tommy johns or, or jorge do you know exactly do you know what it is caleb yeah so tommy johns is so you have the ucl which is like the ligament in 
the inside of your elbow. So that's getting stressed like over and over, especially as a pitcher. It's like right here. Oh, okay. Right, right at the crook of the elbow. Yeah. Um, and when you stress it over and over and over, uh, high velocity pitching, all that stuff, um, it can eventually just break. But what happens is when you have surgery on it, they anchor it into the bone. They like create a, a graft. So either like a, like they take somebody else's, like a cadaver ligament, or they take like a piece of a ligament elsewhere in your body and they will like drill it into the bones of your elbow. And it actually ends up being stronger after the fact. Um, if you obviously you rehab properly following that and all that stuff. But if it's, I mean, I'm guessing in Lori's case, it wasn't necessarily that bad um, where it was able to heal on its own and he was able to rehabilitate it and still play with it just fine. So the, the thing with that is I had third degree tear. Like I completely shot up. Hey, is it this, wow. is it this thing that hurts yeah. when you do too many pegboards? It's, it's something attached to that nodule there. I'll it's like, real it's like right, right under the bone. So if you feel the bone, that ligament that runs right under it, Oh, like the funny bone, like when the dog bites you with his tooth yeah. there and your whole body so jolts. You, when you tear it, you'll feel like the tingling numbness all the way through your fingers. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so yours, did yours tear completely? And like, did, does it, when it tears, does it recoil in? So mine, mine did. Mine shot and recoiled. So like if you push my arm here on this side the the bones will open up because there's nothing there kind of holding them together um so what yeah, bone this elbow bone or the two bones in your in your tricep so you see so the like, humerus which is the humerus which is the upper bone here and yeah. then your um your ulna which is the larger of the two bones in your forearm like those two will kind of like separate if it's not repaired yeah like there's a like if you were to feel somebody who or i guess probably on his left arm is he's going to have a really strong resistance if you're trying to get like a lateral force to it but on his affected arm so his right arm if you put that lateral force on it you're going to get so much laxity that it'll start to like it's basically like a spring it'll just open up and close mm -hmm. that's right jorge yeah and, and yours is like that you have so you have i mean obviously i don't just sit here and like, hey, push on my arm. Like, I protect it <laughs> still, but yeah, definitely. How does that work when you're doing like your your kipping pull ups or your muscle ups and stuff like that? Do you just do lower volume of those or? No, not at all. No, I just I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel it when I'm doing anything. Um, wow. Yeah, like I've never really felt it, I, which is the craziest thing because I was supposed to get reconstructive surgery. They're going to pull from my hamstring and reattach it and stuff, but. I just, I mean, I just strengthened my forearm and bicep and yeah. And so the bicep, is, which is interesting because the bicep itself runs like and attaches to that same bone where the ligament is. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, that would make sense. Interesting. There's, cool. there's one, there's one position which I hardly ever feel. Um, but like when, if I go into a clean, like, and it gets deeper than it's supposed to i could feel where this kind of goes like it kind of yep. opens up a little bit and i just like kind of let it go but it's it hardly ever uh, bothers me that makes sense I found this on yeah so god 
That's amazing. I, I love these stories where the body just heals itself, takes care of itself, compensates. Mm-hmm. And so, so when you say you strengthened your forearm, uh, grippers, extensions, bicep curls, hammer curls, you just do all of that stuff to. Yeah. So when I was, when I was in uh, college, um, every single day I would go to rehab, um, at the training facility there for three times a day. So it'd be like morning session, go to class before practice, go to practice. And then after practice, and it was just all forearm bicep stuff. Um, which main, and there was this weird thing he would, I mean, he would grasp in my, uh, my forearm, but he found this technique that he said something to do with rats. Like they would do it on rats that had like broken or torn something and it kind of helped to like alleviate pain. And so he would do that Graston in my elbow, which helped so much. Um, so it's like Graston and all that, uh, all that stuff trying to strengthen. And that's with like that tool, right? Like that metal tool. You have yeah. Like the metal it kind of thing. He'd be scraping like deep in there, um, but it, it would alleviate so much pain. It, it was the weirdest. I don't know if it was like, kind of smoothening out like all the stuff that was built up but yeah i would do that three times a day what does that do uh, prevent scar tissue from building caleb yeah i would say that's that's probably what it does it just kind of uh it promotes some blood flow to the area too especially since it's like a ligament um, there's not a ton of blood flow in that like, to ligaments at all so if you can kind of uh push some more blood in there push the old blood out that kind of thing i think that's that would be the theory crazy you're you're going teams again the team is staying together yes yeah and um in the team staying together but don't you guys have a pretty um a rigorous qualifying protocol at invictus how do you know the team stays together because you guys did so well last year you just bypassed that um protocol yeah yeah and we've worked so well together for the last year and a half and stuff and i think I think, yeah, we're, we all committed and stuff. We're all going to stay. So do you guys talk to CJ or who, or, or Tino or whoever's in charge of the teams over there? Like, Hey, uh, we want to stay together. And they're like, okay, fine. Yeah. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's on board with it. And, um, and so that leadership translates to there too. They got a guy who's not drinking alcohol, not drinking coffee, goes through all this rehabs, doing these extensive warm ups. These are all things that you're, you show by example. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like for instance, in 15 minutes, like I'll start my warm up and stuff like that. Um, no, you're not. Like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> they're like, they, they'll show up like an, in an hour. So at nine, so I try to start my workouts and, and warm up and be in here an hour <laughs> before. Um, that way they see like, I'm the first one here, last one to leave and just kind of lead by example. And, um, finish my sort of stuff to be able to talk to them while they're doing their stuff and, yeah, it's all it's all fun to me. It's all it, it comes like I don't know, second nature to me. Just I, that's the part I love. So after road, I was actually ninety nine percent. I was going to go individual. It just I had so much fun at Rogue, and I just thought this is the year, like just to start my career. Um, but then coming back, seeing everyone, I just it's my favorite thing to do is to lead people and to help them reach their full potential and stuff. So I would see like Britt, Josh, Devin around the gym. And I'm like, you know what? Like my goal here was to win the CrossFit games on a team. We're all coming back. Like let's, let's get these guys on podium. Let's get, let's get that number one spot. So that that's, that's my favorite thing I would say in the sport. So going into rogue, 
for sure team after rogue individual back with the family back to team no back with, well back with the family here but it's a, a, by family i meant your invictus family yes, yes, yeah because I, I went back home and i actually and it sounds like an emotional decision jorge <laughs> exactly no i sat i sat on the decision for a month i went back and forth and i was i kept like even with my family i'm like i'm going individual i'm going individual so i waited two weeks then i called my coach and i was like hey holden like i'm i'm going individual like He's like, yeah, we support whatever you want to do, whatever. And then I got back here. Same thing. I'm going individual. And then I just kind of like saw everyone, hung out with them. And I, I remembered why I started Invictus and why I started CrossFit. And back to team. Back to team. Yeah, good on you. Good on you. Do you have, do you feel like you're 27? 28. 28. Just, do you feel the clock ticking? Mm, not really. No, not yet. I mean, body. You don't put pressure on yourself. You're not like, was that part of your decision? Like, Hey, if I don't go in, if I don't go individual this year, I'm reducing one more year that I can go individual. You know, what's funny is me personally. No, I didn't think, I didn't think like, Oh yeah, it's, it's really going to kill my clock and stuff. But every single person I talked to said that, Hey, you know what? Like you're running out of time. Uh, and I mean, no, I don't feel like that. Good. I don't know how long I'm going to do this and I don't know how long my body will last, but mentally I, I'm in a great spot. I feel like, I don't feel like, Oh my time's running out. Are you pretty, are you an emotional person? <laughs> yes, very, but I don't act off emotion and I sit with it. Um, and I analyze it myself and then I'll kind of make the decisions. Yeah. And I was also thinking along the lines, like wherever you're, um, if, if you're emotionally happy with your team, you can generate a shitload of power and energy from that. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So every, everything lines up. I mean, it's just up to us to focus and to, to train smart, um, and to execute and everything else will come. So at Wadapalooza, you're just doing team. Yeah. Just team. Um, as, as Andrew Hiller uh, says in his videos all the time, I don't know shit from fuck, but let me propose this idea, idea to you. First, let me ask you a loaded question, a leading question. What was the difference between being individual at Rogue and going as a team in terms of the nuances of competition? Mm. And, and oh, I'll give you the follow-up too. Do you need more individual competition? Why, if you're going team at the games, why not do Wadapalooza individual and, and do a bunch of individual stuff so you're prepping for your 2024 individual season? Yeah. Okay, so... I so I made the decision not to go to Wadapalooza individual because I've, I actually did uh, quite a bit of competitions through this offseason. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to be smart, which it, it sucks because I'd compete in everything if I could, you know, or if... I didn't understand that not competing so much is really good for me. Um, so I made the decision. I'm going to go try to have fun and, and, and get to compete with Sam Dancer and Josh. Like that's, that's freaking awesome to me. Um, so I'm going to go there, have some fun, obviously try to compete to my full ability, but I just think it's smart to sit back on that individual side. Um, and then for learning, like I'm doing things to learn, obviously like, 
there, there's people I reach out to and stuff and, and try to apply that into my training. So it's not like I'm not trying to learn for individual. Yes, I do need a couple more competitions to understand pacing and stuff like that. Um, cause I think that's the, the biggest thing right now for me is, is learning how to pace on an, on the individual side team is sprint as fast as you can rest, let your partner go. Whereas individuals, you kind of have to pace and understand when you can push and when you can't. Um, so I don't know. I'm in a good spot right now mentally in that sense. Like I understand what I need. Um, and right now I think team at Waterpalooza is, is, is going to be a good reset mentally for me to get ready for the good game season. Uh, Graham, I'm late to the party. Rich pulled out. Bruce Wayne. Did Rich pull out of Wadapalooza? Uh, that's news to me. I don't know. Uh, Danny Solar, he should train with Froning. They have a lot of similarities. I think he's pretty happy where he's at, but um, I was thinking after he got off the air, I was going to predict to Caleb that when he goes individuals, we will see him head over to maybe a different camp uh no he did not okay good 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 good, good. oh that's great rich is still going to Wadapalooza. you never know with these old guys like, it, it, like I know, they, it, he can get, get a flat tire any moment <laughs> in, 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 i mean rich will have a flat tire and he'll still keep going so it don't matter right. um, we gotta give him like three flat tires or something. yeah right um in italy that, that was one thing before the one event uh I kind of looked at him. I was like, hey, if I beat you in this event, you have to go one more year and let me try to beat you at the games. And he just kind of laughed. Did you beat him? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, took, I took second to him. Um, what did you do when you were in school? Um, what was your track and field career like? Did you do that more than one year? Uh, I did it two years, uh, seventh and eighth grade. Because I, once I did football, I was like all in on football. But I did some pole vaults. I did the two hundred meters, and then the one ten hurdles. Oh, and I also uh, shot or threw the discus. No shit, a little tiny kid threw the discus. Yeah, I was wow. I was small, but I promise you, I had a good arm. Okay, I, well, I believe it. Uh, can he grow? No, that he's been growing that facial hair since the third grade. Are you no, fucking kidding me? Born, yeah, he I told you he's Mexican. <laughs> that's the biggest beard any Mexicans ever had. What are you talking that's about? That's so true. Uh, and then, so you graduate from high school and uh, baseball is your thing. And, and what happens from there? All right. So I go, so actually, so out of high school, I emailed Texas State. I really wanted to go to Texas State in San Marcos, which was like three hours away from my hometown. Um, I emailed them and I asked if they had any like tryouts or anything for the baseball team. Um, they had this like baseball camp. So I went and kind of tried to showcase everything and they offered me a walk-on spot. Um, which, which is scary, like, right? Like that's the worst spot you can be offered, right? Yeah. Like, hey, but, you're good enough to come back and try again, basically. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But you're not on the team. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, and did you I, think that would? Did you go there with confidence? Like, were you the best baseball player in your high school? I was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I was just like the the star pitcher and stuff, and um, not the best player, but just up there, like one of the pitchers. Um, but yeah, I took that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Texas State. Like, I'm I'm gonna go try to walk on and stuff. Little did I know the reality of college sports and 
and my development and how much of it I needed uh, to be there. So I got there, I got distracted with the girls and the drinking and the, 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 all that stuff. And I actually, there's a lot of girls at Texas state. Yeah. Yeah. And back then, like being from a small border town, like, I mean, there's pretty girls in my hometown and stuff, but once I got to college, it's like, brand it's new a thing. tsunami. It's a tsunami of hot chicks at Texas. Yeah. Whole new town. Yeah. yeah. And so, so went out there and I, we had the fall to try out. So yeah, I'll see. Yeah. Also party school. Definitely. Yeah. Texas state. So got distracted, try to compete. And you know, it was weird because that was the first time in my life that I started thinking about outcomes and not what I'm doing now. So it's like, am I going to make the team? Am I good enough? Am I going to do well? And I was playing so bad. And so the coach brought me in in the meeting and said, you're not good enough to make the roster. You can come back if you want, or you can, whatever you want to do. And so that was the first time that I ever got told no, and that I wasn't good enough for something. And so I went back home to my dorm. I gave myself one night to cry and I cried all night. And then I emailed a bunch of junior colleges the next day and said, Hey, you know what? Like I'm trying to find a new school. Um, so Stan Jack in Houston, one of the best junior colleges in baseball, um, said, Hey, you can come try and walk on if you want. So I drove to Houston, tried out, and then they offered me that walk on spot and then kind of walked onto their program. First year, same meeting. There it is, Sanjak. Yeah. First year, same meeting. Um, and they said, hey, the only reason we're going to keep you is because you're the hardest worker on the team. Um, but you're not going to play very much. So if it's up to you, if you want to stay. So I stayed and then um, I decided to cut something out. I was a two-way player. I cut out being a shortstop and I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to pitch only started working really hard at pitching and then came back and became their star closer and then pitched a year and then got a bunch of offers to come uh, to play around the country. What is that? What does that mean? Work really hard. What in baseball, what does that look like? And how old are you at the time? You're, you're 20 at the time, 19. I was 22. Okay. 22. Um, and work hard. I mean, I was always like, I led by example. I was always first on the sprints first to the field for uh, last off the field, I cleaned up trash. Like when, when no one was cleaning trash, like just a bunch of stuff that I could show that, Hey, you know what? Like, this is the right thing to do. Let's keep, let's get it going. Um, and so, yeah, that's the only reason why they kept me. And so, I mean, that was the best thing that ever happened to me, honestly. And, and, and what about, and what about the um, partying? You started cutting that back too? Yeah. Yeah. That was that freshman year that, uh, yeah, I stopped after that and just kind of got serious in baseball and took that no really serious. The no that the first coach gave me really serious and decided to work on myself. And yeah. Do girls like you a lot? Um, I mean, I just. Are you a bit, are you a chick magnet? Like if you go somewhere, do you notice that do girls are girls like, you know, like a ball, if you th- pull out a ball, three dogs in the room will look at it. <laughs> if you walk know. in the room, do three girls look at you? I don't know. I mean, I'm friendly and stuff, so I don't see why that I would like. I'm just, I wouldn't be a threat, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Caleb, do you have a vote? Do you think he's a chick magnet? Definitely. 
Definitely. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, we, we had, a uh, um, uh, Nikki Rod on here. I've talked about this quote a lot, but I said something he's, um, Nikki Rodriguez is, uh, you know, one of the best jujitsu, uh, you know, guys in, in the space. And I said, Hey, how do you keep the distraction of girls out? How do you not, aren't you chasing girls all over? And he says, uh, alphas don't chase girls. I never, ever chased a girl. I won't chase a girl. It's not what I do. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of right there. And he said that um, he's had the same girlfriend for, I, I think they're engaged now, but for like 12 years. And I said, does she ever interfere with your, um, here's, here's Mr. Nikki Rod. Um, I said, do girls ever interfere with your ability? Like you want to be the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy in the world. So that means you have to put that first. Does your girlfriend ever get in the way or interfere? And he said, if she did, I would get rid of her. Yeah. This is his fiance of 12 12 years. I'm like, this is some crazy focus. To be honest with you, he, she probably, he, he's doing so well because of her. Uh, I'm sure the support and all that stuff, like they're, they're aligning pretty, pretty well. Her, her, her believing what, what, explain that to me. What do you mean? Because of her explain. I I think I agree with you because that's the way it is with my wife. I think I'm doing so well because of her too. Yeah. Like he's, she's probably just like his, I don't know. We're, we're obviously we're, we train very hard and always in this, this space, but having that person at home in your corner all the time, like that's a huge, I think a huge reason why he's doing so well is having like such a strong rock in his life. Um, I don't know. It seems like from the pictures I just saw, it just seems like, uh, yeah. what, what, what would those qualities be in, in a way? What would, what would advice would you give to, a man or a woman, either one who wants to be with someone who's at the, uh, you know, apex predator at the pinnacle of their, um, you know, career, someone who's like, like super duper goal oriented, like you or like him. Yeah. I mean, it's, ha- it's definitely hard for, I would say for the female, just because we're so goal driven and, and that's the number one thing in our life. Um, but I don't know, it's a give and take, like obviously in a relationship, it's, you give, I give, it's, it's just all about giving. Um, but the, I guess the advice I would say is just like, I, I mean, I don't know, just understand each other and be there for each other. And so I don't know. Like dating you isn't normal. It's not, it's really not. I'm very hard to date. <laughs> very, I'm very hard to date. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, you could have a be- like, like you probably had best friends on your baseball team in high school. Yes. And, and I, I, maybe I think women don't understand this as well just because of the way they're wired. But you have a best friend in baseball. But then all of a sudden, when you guys aren't on the same team and your paths change, it, it just is that way. Mm-hmm. It's like I had a friend I played Frisbee with every day for six years. But if he didn't play and I loved him and I do love him. But the second we stopped playing Frisbee, our friendships drifted away because our paths just didn't cross. Yes. And so it's almost, it's harsh to say, but if you are a woman or a man who wants to be at the top of your game, if your paths don't cross with your mate, like, like the relationship's out of convenience and that may sound like it takes away from how much you love the person, but it doesn't, but it's hard for some people to get their head wrapped around that. Right. Exactly. You have a girlfriend? (laughs) No, I'm single. Yeah. Is it better that way? Hmm. I'm very goal oriented, so I'm just focused on me. Um, I I don't know. 
God, I hope you get a lot of DMs with girls throwing themselves at you after this. I know at least one, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, um, Nothing wrong with chasing girls. I hear they like it. I don't know, man. I I think I wasted too much time chasing girls. I chased girls for a long time, and I think it was fucking a huge... uh, I don't want to say waste of time, but um, here we go. Heidi, he's single? Yeah, he's single. What about um, jujitsu? Have you ever dabbled in wrestling or jujitsu? No, I haven't. That jujitsu, I mean, I still ski here and there. Skiing, those two, skateboarding, those three things I'm very cautious about. Um, I just feel like there's no control and anything can kind of. So I I just, right now, as I'm trying to compete and stuff, just like I did in baseball, like I stay away from that kind of stuff, just don't want to. Yeah, if you. If you have any goals in life uh, other than skateboarding, you shouldn't skateboard. That shit is fucking, especially yeah. if you're over 20. You're just like, asking. I feel pretty athletic and I can kind of get it myself out of situations. But on a skateboard, if like I've had times where I like hit something and I just go flying, like I can't risk that. You do roller skate ever? When's the last time you yeah, went roller skating? Yeah, I used to. So I used to, there's a skating rink in my hometown, pretty much the only thing to do outside of sports. Um, so yeah, I do the, I love rollerblading. I actually went when I went back home after road, um, which is pretty fun. And it's not, I'm not doing the, the four in line. Like I'm doing the actual four, like the roller skates. Like yeah. those are cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just started, I hadn't roller skated like in. I don't know, 35 years. And I just started roller skating again at the rink. And I went, I, I just like go really slow in circles, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I love it. It's smooth. Yeah, I it's love cool. it. Yeah. When they play the music and you just kind of going around. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's amazing how many shitty roller skaters there are. Like I went in there and I was like in the 51 percentile, like there were 50 percent of the people were worse than me. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. It's cause it, it feels like, well, that was something I did back then. It just feels like no one really does it anymore. So we're still kind of, we still have our skills and we bring them in and we're like, dang, how'd you know how to do that? Also the thing is being as CrossFitters, we know how to watch movements and then replicate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just saw, Hey, people are just waddling back and forth. So I just lift my foot up and waddle back and forth and I start going forward. And then I see all the kids are trying to do this shit. Like they're on a skateboard yeah, like, and they're like, nah. <laughs> and, and and you realize quickly too, that like, Hey, don't ever lean back. Like all these people are doing this shit. I'm like, I'm falling forward always. Yeah. I'm falling forward always. Was, so we, we, so I went back home to, and we did that. And I guess this lady, my mom asked her to take a picture of us. And I just saw her kind of skating to us and I knew she, she wasn't, she wasn't gonna be able to stand up and take a picture. So she, she stood up, she kind of rollerbladed to us and my mom handed her the phone and I saw where she leaned back like this and her, she landed on her hand and her wrist broke. And it was like the, yeah, it was, it was, but you're talking about leaning back like this and oh, all your this, weight is kind of. It's the same thing when you're running, right? If you're running downhill on wet grass, like you have to tell yourself no matter what, don't, don't try to stop. And if you're going to fall, fall forward and roll. Yeah. Do not fall back. Yeah. You ain't saving shit. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, And then, and then, so you go to this uh, junior college and play baseball. And how does that play out? So the junior college was actually, like I said, it's well, besides, my coach cutting me at Texas state. The second best thing to ever happen to me in my life was going to that junior college. 
And the reason I say that is because junior college, if you've ever been to one or understand how they work, there's really no NCAA rules where like you can only practice a certain amount of time. You have to be in class and, and in junior college, we're on the field 12 hours a day. Like it's, it's, there's no rules. The coach can practice as many days as you want. Like, so we're on that field. Like I won't, I'm not even exaggerating 10 to 12 hours, like nonstop practice. Then you go home. There's no distraction. There's no girls in junior college. There's no drinking really. Like it's just like straight. Like, so I mean, I don't know how the military is, but it kind of had the, like, <laughs> like, absolutely. Just, yeah, absolutely. Just, that's all you're doing. Nothing else. Um, and junior college being one of the best junior college baseball teams in the nation, they take their baseball pretty serious. Um, so yeah, I just felt like I was a robot every single day, waking up baseball, 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 baseball for two years. And so it allowed me to develop to understand the game, to be around it more, to get the reps. Um, and so I, I pitched pretty well my, the first year I was there, the second year, cause you only go to junior college for two years. The second year I was getting scouted by major league teams, college teams. Um, and so I ended up committing to San Diego state. Um, it was the first time I'd ever been to California. They flew me out for a visit first time I've ever been to California and from being from Del Rio where you don't see water and any, or anything like that. Like I fell in love with it and I came here to San Diego. And that, and that's where your injury occurred. Yes. That's where it occurred. Mm -hmm. And when that injury occurs, is it a, in a, in a moment you just know, like there's an actual pitch and you throw it and you're like, uh Oh yeah. So I was pitching against Tennessee. Um, they, Tennessee came to play us, the volunteers. And I had five shutout innings, which they weren't hitting. I was throwing really, really well. Um, it was the hardest I'd ever thrown. Um, the crowd, everything was just going good. And so I had two strikes on the guy. And the third strike, my out pitch, the pitch I like to go to is my slider. Um, and I just remember thinking in that moment, I'm about to throw the hardest and best slider ever. Like I'm going to throw the shit out of this ball. So I went to throw it and my hand just kind of, if you see my hand, it kind of turned over this way. So it put a lot of stress on my elbow. And I, I, once I went across, like I just felt everything pop. And so I felt the tingling. I turned around and I knew immediately what had happened because I've thrown all my life. Like I understand I've never felt this. Like this is definitely Tommy. Like my uh, ligament just kind of. So I went up for the next pitch and I threw it and it didn't even get halfway. But when I didn't I even make it, it halfway to the mound. Yeah, I didn't make it. It was a curveball and it just kind of died right in front of the mound. So I threw it and I just kind of I grabbed my hamstring and I started hopping up and down. Um, and so my trainer came out. I was like, what's going on with your hamstring? I'm like, dude, I just tore my arm. But I'm Oh, so you faked the hamstring to not draw attention to the arm. Yeah, so I'm like, I grabbed my hand. I'm like, I can't let this. Like the scouts were videoing and they were because the draft was coming up. And so I, yeah, I fake my hamstring. I kind of walk off and I'm like, dude, my elbow, like I need an MRI. I tore it. Like, um, and my coach didn't want to give me an MRI. He, he said, you're going to pitch next Tuesday against number 25 USD. Um, 
And so I was like, yeah, all right, let's do it. So I, we went, it was throbbing. It was the worst pain ever, but he's like, we're going to throw all fastballs against UFC. So fastball in, out, up, down, in, out, up, down. And I went from throwing 94, 96 to like 88, 90. Like, but I threw four shutout innings against USD. They couldn't hit it. It was just fastball, fastball, fastball. And then the last time I threw, I went into the dugout. I said, I think I earned my MRI because my arm was like trembling, like, He's like, okay, we'll get you an MRI. And so that week we got it and it was completely torn. You pitch a, a complete, wow. It was what a crazy thing about story. Sport. Is this, Were you, you glad your coach, wrong, oh. say that again, Caleb? So that's another thing about college sports too, is like, you know, some shit's wrong and you tell them about it and they're like, nah, dude, you're on scholarship, buddy. You're not going to get that. So oh, the, like, okay, well, here we go. The business side of it, which I've always told myself, like I'd be, really like I could probably help kids that are trying to become college athletes and stuff through the experience I've went through, but the business side of sports and that was nothing. So like I got, I got done, I got done making the decision. Hey, you know what? We're not going to get the surgery. I'm going to continue to pitch. And that was something that I talked to my head coach about. Like we're going to get through this year. If I don't get the surgery, my color, my scholarship stays right. Yeah, your scholarship stays. You'll be fine. I promise you. Whatever. So we leave. We leave for summer. Come back in the fall, and the counselor calls me. Hey, you need to come and sign your letter of intent. Like I, I said, I signed it already. What are you talking about? It's like, oh, coach sent a new one. Um, I emailed it over. No scholarship. Oh shit! So I. Without telling you to your face. That's how you have to find out. Ah, yeah. douche. What a douche. So man. I. Uh, so I went, this is, yeah. Hey, did you know that guy was a pussy? <laughs> so I, uh, I, or were you surprised? Were you surprised? I don't know. I, it's business, you know, college sports is business. And yeah. I, but just look a guy in the eye. Like you grabbed the kid in the yeah. fit with the face mask and said, Hey, don't fuck the fumble up. Like he should, he shouldn't even like come over to your house and, or, or like called you into the office and been like, Hey dude, I, I got to renege on my promise. Well, it's, it's, it's all business. It's business. So I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't stand down. I took the scholarship. I, went to his office, I slammed on the desk and I said, Hey, you know what? Remember the promise you made me? Like, this is me holding my end of the deal. And we went back and forth, slamming desks and talking and ended up leaving for a week to spend time with family. When I got back, scholarship was back. And, oh, you know, from that point on, you lead by example, no hard feelings, gave my coach a hug every single day to show, Hey, you know what? We're all good in front of everyone and just continue to play. But you couldn't play because your arm was all jacked up. I continue to play. Yeah, strength and everything. I couldn't throw as hard. So I was only throwing 89, 92. Or oh, my God. Hard, I mean, I, I still played. Yeah. That's still good. That's like waking up one morning and your penis is only half the length it used to be. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my God. That must have been frustrating. I mean, yeah, it was very frustrating. Um, just be, the f- most frustrating part was my dream was to make the major leagues, you know? And so I didn't tell before all the, the scholarship stuff happened, um, the draft was coming up. And so I was getting calls like, Hey, would you take this amount of money? Money sounded really good. So I'm like, yes, like uh, I'm, I'm ready to sign. And so my agent calls me the week before the draft and was like, Hey, 
you're going to have to call and tell these scouts that you tore your UCL because you got the MRI. Now it's in your medical records. And that's the first thing they ask is like, if they're going to invest in you, they're going to look through all your stuff. So yeah. So I had to call every single scout and I was like, Hey, I tore my arm. It was in my hamstring. Cause they still believed it was my hamstring. Um, and so I told them all and they're like, yeah, all right, we'll go back to school. We'll see you next year. So it was like, Every single scout I had to call and they're like, yeah, okay, we'll see you next year. We'll see you next year. And so didn't get drafted. And then my senior year, it was just like, will you take senior sign, which is like 5,000. And so that's when I made the decision. I can't play for 5,000. Like, cause the minimum you make a month is $1,100. They pay yeah. you to play college baseball. No, I'm saying like, if, if I take that next level, like, Oh, Oh, Oh. Yeah. Hey, do you think there's any pros in, in, in Major League Baseball who play with um, the injury you had and didn't have it repaired, and, and just we don't know about it? Yes, well, hundred percent. Yeah. You think there's pros out there who get out there on the mound, and they have they they have a they have the same wiggly arm thing that you got? I'm sure. Yeah, because there a lot. Of, like I'm sure we all we all have micro tears and stuff like that. Like there's just inevitable. We, there's too much strain. That that throwing motion is not what we're supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, I'm sure people don't even know it's torn and it's torn. Like, yeah. Uh, Craig white. Nice to see you back. I'll be sure to dislike this video. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. For, how about for Jorge? You like it how about for Jorge. You like, and subscribe, go over to Jorge's channel too. And also like, and subscribe, Craig. Yeah. Um, I still don't understand why he didn't get the surgery. It's so common. Seems like it would have extended his career. Yeah. I can explain all like the, my thought process behind that. So when I went to the doctor and he told me that MRI um, completely torn, you need reconstructive surgery. So I've seen the surgery many times. My teammates have had it. Um, it takes a year and a half to two years to fully come back from it. Like if you want to fully like be throwing the same you ever did with good rehab, you could be a year, maybe minimum. But uh, I've seen friends where they get the surgery they come back a year and a half later, re-tear it, then have to do it again. So my thought process was I'm 24 in college with a torn UCL. That puts me at 25, 26, trying to come back to play college, which puts me at 27 to try to get drafted, which puts me at 28. Like the average span is five to six years in the minor leagues. Like they're not going to take, like, it's just not, my career is over. Like, I'm just going to enjoy my junior or my, the rest of my junior year, my senior year. Um, and I knew that I was going to retire after that season. Like it was, it was done from when I tore my arm. Hey, in hindsight, um, if you were talking to a young Jorge, would you tell Jorge to, would you've done those exercises sooner, strengthen the forearm and strengthen the bicep? Like, do you think that's important for pitchers? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And so I was on a rigorous um, program when I was in junior college. Uh, the top Tom House. Tom House is the throwing doctor. He works with Tom Brady, Drew Brees. He's like the shoulder doctor. Like he understands how to throw. And so my the friend who I lived with was very good friends with him. And so I was on all his stuff for two years. And that's how I got better. And when I got to San Diego State, Obviously, you have to follow all the instructions and everything the coaches give you. So I stopped doing – there he is. 
So I stopped doing all that stuff and hopped on this new program. So I think my arm just wasn't ready. Like it wasn't, I was in very good shape throwing wise because of him. And then I got to San Diego state and I had to restart a new program and it just wasn't good for my arm. Not the program wasn't bad. It was just, I was so used to doing all of Tom house's stuff. Uh, go, go back to that guy's uh, resume. I saw something on there that uh, was a red flag. What's this guy's name? Tom house. Dear Tom, you have on there American College of Sports Medicine. Everyone knows that they are a shill for Coca-Cola. Please remove that. You're a good guy, and Jorge <laughs> believes in you. There's no reason to have that shit bags Coca-Cola shill on your resume. Thank you. Okay. Just trying to get that off my chest. Um, coffee, uh, Pedro. Oh, Pedro, yesterday, I, I know I figured out why your podcast uh is never going to be successful, uh, Pedro. Sorry, because you're too smart. The I, I figured it out last night when I had Andrew Hiller on. Um, the only things that are popular are um, things that are really dumbed down when you speak to the lowest common denominator. And I watched your uh, interview with Jorge, and you're way too good and way too smart, and you use too big of words. So before you interview someone, um, drink six beers and hit yourself in the head with a bat and you'll be like the rest of us. How cool is it that after all that adversity and rejection, now he has a sport and adulation of fans and a medal that's soon to be replaced by a gold one. See, that's, I mean, that's just like, like people love him. I'm telling you this guy, listen, only dumb shits like the, no offense to the rock. I like him, but only people who make dumb movies like that become successful. You have to really dumb your shit down. I, I saw, I cracked the code. Well, you're too smart. I'm telling you. Yeah, I just, I just said it. You, you use the word idiom. You talked about idioms, and you, and you have that fancy accent. Like, remember when you were talking, uh, or hey, do you remember when you were talking about like going to a dark spot after college? And he's like, instead of saying, "Hey, were you suicidal?" like I would have, like a jackass American. He's like, "Uh, yes. Was it uh proper dark?" And I'm like, "Oh, these guys are so fucking good." Do you remember that part? I do. Yeah. I'm like proper. It's just so classy. Like, 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 you know, you know, like you spit on the ground. We all spit on the ground. Pedro pulls out a handkerchief and spits into it. And it's not called spit. It's probably called like spuddle or something. I mean, it's just like, come on. You're never, ever going to be mainstream with that shit. Uh, 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 yeah. Dumb it down. No wonder his show is popular. I'm telling you, he's, he's too, he's too good. Um, yeah, the echo Sevon is pretty sure been hearing it a while. Yeah, that's uh, all Jorge's fault. I, I want to fucking lose my mind over it. It's because he's in, they've given him the worst room at uh, Invictus to possibly do a podcast in. Sorry. It's called the Tin Can Room. What is, what is that room? It's pretty much, yeah, the Tin Can Room. No, it's uh, just the room where they do like meetings and stuff. Uh, p- please tell, um, is, is CJ still owns that place? Yes. I'd like to have that room walled with uh, foam. Have them uh, do it with audio foam. It'll yeah. also make the meetings better. Everyone's voice will sound nicer. Yeah, I'll tell them. Or go to one of those head shops that they have on every corner in San Diego where they sell bongs and just buy a bunch of tapestries. <laughs> just hang them up there. A bunch of peace signs and Buddhas and stuff. Uh, and then, so you're in San Diego... No, you're done with school, and uh, ha- ha- what happens there? Do you get a job? Like, how, how do you figure out what you're going to do with your life? One school's Are over. you tripping? Yeah. One, yeah. One school's over. I'm sitting in my apartment, like, what the heck am I going to do? Um, 
How am I going to yeah. pay my rent? How am I going to pay my rent? What, what am I going to do with my life? Why did my ex-girlfriend leave me? A girl that, left you? Yeah. Oh, um, that's awesome. That makes me think the world is fair. Why didn't I get drafted? It, everything. Everything hits me right out of college because that, that was the first time I stopped playing sports. Like I've never, I've never been, yeah, I've never not done anything. So I just, I sat there. Mm, I started, so I started thinking, what am I going to do? I'm good at fitness. So let me just start coaching people. Like I'm going to start coaching clients and stuff. And so I took that slow. And then I, what about a baseball coach? What about getting a job at the, at the school and teaching baseball? Uh, no, I think, I think once I gave up the dream of becoming a major league player, I said, I'm done. Like, I'm, okay. I'm done. Um, which honestly, one of the hardest parts was telling like my family that, um, I just remember thinking like, I don't know, my, my, my parents and, and grandparents and stuff really liked me playing baseball. And I was just, I was supposed to be a major league baseball player in my own head and everyone's head too, as well. So that was the hardest part. I was just sitting there like I didn't become what I wanted to be. I didn't want to, I didn't become what everyone wanted to be me to be. So I was in a very, very hard spot. Um, and so I, I just started coaching clients here and there. Um, like I said, I, that's when the time when I reached out to my cousin and kind of had the idea of starting a gym and I don't know, everything was really up in the air. Um, and so honestly, I was what walking- kind of gym, just like the normal gym, uh, lap pull downs, bench press. Stuff. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And just kind of like one-on-one coaching. Um, cause I understood all that stuff, the bodybuilding and all that. And then, yeah, one time I was walking around downtown, I think I was trying to buy some shoes at this like little shop here. Um, money you shouldn't be spending yeah, money. I shouldn't be spending. Yeah. Um, so I'm like trying to buy some shoes and I walk and I see him big like this warehouse and i kind of like popped my head in and i saw all the banners like there's like lauren fisher josh bridges all these bands. i didn't know who they were at the time um but i walk in i'm like oh this is cool like i've never done this before like let me walk in and try it and so um i i signed up for a, a free week and i took regular group classes like just the classes they have on the schedule had you heard of crossfit at that point I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like in high school and stuff, like people would do it. But I like walking. I didn't know it was CrossFit because nothing said CrossFit on it. It just said Invictus Fitness. And then I saw the banners and I I didn't understand like what it was. Um, Or I didn't understand that it was CrossFit. Like, and so I took the week class and that's when I was like, oh, this is just CrossFit. Like, so after that free week, I, I left for six months because I couldn't afford it, the membership. What, what, what was the membership there? Like 200 a month or something? Almost yeah, like 200 a month at the time. Um, and so 2019 we're at. Yeah. 2019. And so I left and then I, I don't know, I kind of like got some money together and, and came back and joined the gym and I started in group classes and then I took the competition class, which is like, whoever's trying to compete, they do, they help them develop their ring muscle and stuff like that. Just kind of higher uh, intensity workouts and stuff. So I joined that and I met one of my best friends, Max Reynolds. Um, and we kicked it off and we said, Hey, look, like, let's try to compete. Let's try to make an Invictus team. He was another dude there just working out. Just another dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, sorry to go. What did you like about it? Why, why would you do something a week, take six months off and come back? There was something that you really liked in that first week. Yeah, I think it was like the, the girls, 
the yeah no the feeling of accomplishment because i hadn't had that since like sports was you work so hard and then you finish something you're like you feel good and i didn't have that for the six months or the month the months that i was like at home and stuff and i think when i joined the class and seeing everyone and just kind of like that crossfit feeling that hooks you um i just couldn't stop thinking about like the classes when i left um and so yeah i was like i, I need to go back and so i joined it and when i met max um, we kind of made this, this funny thing. We said, we're going to be the, the big dumb animals, the BDA, which is like two gorillas. And what we're going to do is we're going to show up every single day. We're going to try to compete on an Invictus team. We're going to say hi to everyone. We're going to try to be as kind to everyone. It was just like this dumb little thing we created. And so we started bringing more people into the comp class. And then we got this huge crew. And then I, we decided to email Tino one day. I still have the email um, just asking if we can, we said, we want to compete on an Invictus team. We don't care how long it takes. We're willing to put all our eggs into it. And then Tino was the first one to kind of believe in us and said, Hey, you know what? Come join the athlete group, which is a nine o'clock training camp that we do or class that we do every day. Um, and that was when Lauren Fisher, Rasmus Anderson, Eric Carmody, they were all there, Jen Ryan, um, and so at first, like, we were just kind of looking like, who are these guys? Like, and we just made it a point to f- do the BDA, the big dumb animal thing, and just kind of shake everyone's hand at the beginning, say hi, and just kind of get everything going. And, and that's how it kind of kicked off. Um, um, I'm sure Tino's heard that a million times. I want to go to the games. I wonder why, what he thought was different about you, or if he just thought you'd be there for a week and they'd spit you out back into the regular classes. I'll have to ask him. I'll actually ask him that today. That's a good question. Yeah, crazy. And you were off to the races? You never have left that class since? Yeah, no. I mean, I train at 9 and again at one thirty with everyone. So, no, I haven't stopped. Absolutely nuts. And and, and were you like the were you the worst person in the class when you got in the class? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, yeah. But I always, like, try to chase somebody. So, like, I would just try to. Like, you would pick Lauren Fisher and try to chase her. Start yes, with her. Yes, yeah, yeah. Even the girls, right? Oh yeah, even the girls, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and how many days a week are you in Invictus? Um, so we train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, and then Friday, Saturday we train. And what do you do on Sunday? Sunday, I uh, just go for walks and stuff. I try to I stay out of the gym and I just try not to work out. Um, you told uh, uh, Pedro story about um the rogue invitational mm-hmm. about how you didn't have intentions of going to rogue mm-hmm. um, can you tell us that story yeah so um right before the games uh holden had asked me if i wanted to do the rogue invitational qualifiers because chandler was coming into town to visit this is right before uh, the games right before the game. 2022 okay yeah and so i said yeah you know what i'll do a, like it's of course it's Chandler. Like I'd love to work out with him. So I kind of told him yes. And so I completely forgot about it and we were traveling back and he's like, Hey, Chandler's coming like in a week. Are you still going to do them? And I, I had to go to Italy and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I'll do them. Like I, I, I don't know if I should cause of my body and stuff. Like I wanted to obviously rest after games and all that, but yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the opportunity to train with Chandler. Like, I've never trained with him, and it'd be cool. So he came in, and we – since, the, like, the, the, first work, the first workout, we competed against each other, and I won 
I, like I beat Chandler and Josh. And from then on, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to try to make Rogue. And so we just kind of battled the whole time, the whole weekend. And it was good atmosphere and stuff. And yeah, I was able to qualify. So it's after Madison, you, you took third place at the CrossFit games. You're licking your wounds. Mm-hmm. And when you say you're making your way back, meaning like, what were you guys doing? Like headed back home. Like, did you fly or drive or? Oh, we flew. And and so then he, how soon is Rogue after the games? It's that soon, huh? Uh, no, it was, uh, it was what in October, not that soon. Or wait, when was did it? you stay in Madison after the games for a week or something? No, no, a couple oh. days. But I was saying the qual the qualifier was okay. Yeah, the qualifier was like right after games or something, and I just didn't have like mentally. I was like kind of we had been training so hard before games and it was just, I was coming down. And so it just didn't sound very attractive to me. Plus, Why did I, Chandler come to Invictus to do it? They were vacationing or something. I think it was Jesse's birthday and they just wanted to come to the West coast and kind of uh, hang out. And he just said, who's going to do it here. Or he had asked our coaches if he could come here. Is that the first time you met him? First time I met him. Yeah. Is it yeah. a little, is, is it awkward at first? No, no, not at all. He was, I mean, like I said, I take that approach, that BDA approach to everyone, just kind of say hello and want to like start kind of a friendship with everyone and stuff. But he's a really good guy and stuff. So yeah, it, he is. It was really easy to to talk to him and stuff. And he never made me feel like I didn't belong there training with him and stuff. So really, really good guy. And then at the end of the qualifier, you guys were tied. We were tied. Yeah, yeah, we were tied. That's pretty pretty wild. Uh. If this was the worst show, Sevan would have said, I heard you say on another podcast. I I watched your podcast yesterday on the assault bike. I'm just stealing all your shit. Thank you. Just I just took your shit and dumbed it down a little bit. <laughs> I just dumbed you down a little bit, Pedro. Uh, 430-pound uh, front squat at the games. Mm-hmm. PR? Yeah, I would say because I didn't, I've, I hadn't tested that. Yeah, so for sure. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Have you done it since? That much? Yeah. No, I think like four fifteen, maybe. I haven't gone that heavy. Uh, th- your your goal is to win the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. Like as an individual. Both team and individual, yeah. Um, when I when I hear you interview interviewed you remind me of a uh, sam sam samuel cornway you know who that is oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah he's cool yeah he's pretty sure of himself mm-hmm. uh, what did your do your parents were your parents able to watch the games yeah they so they didn't really understand crossfit but they've loved every second of it they watch the games they always replay like the rogue and stuff on youtube so yeah they got to watch it and, and and your parents look like that they're pretty fit. Like you don't got fat parents. <laughs> yeah. They're, I mean, they're active and stuff. My dad likes to run and stuff. And my mom, yeah, they eat pretty healthy. So was that part of your growing up a premium on your health? Um, no, definitely not. We loved eating tortillas and butter on tortillas and all that good stuff. So, but I was always very active. So I kind of understood, Hey, like try not to eat this before this and sports is huge and it taught me a lot what's the most you've ever weighed jorge 204 at the games last year 
What's the most you ever weighed just like getting out of bed? Like, just like, just is there a fat boy, Jorge? You ever been 230? Yeah, when I got not 230, I think I was I, not 204 games, 206 when I was my freshman year of college when I was drinking and doing all that stuff. And I went home before going to San Jack. Yeah, I was just, yeah, I was not healthy. 220? Uh, no, I was like 206, but it's just not a healthy weight. Like I was just like kind of like just eating all that pizza and drinking beer and all that. Um, when you look when you look look uh, forward to the open this year, uh, balls to the wall. Yeah, you don't have the attitude. The open doesn't matter. No, I I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the open and just kind of seeing where I'm at at that time. So I like to go 100 percent on it. And every every year, so I had. So 2019, uh, I have the the stats. I don't know the stats on my open stuff, but I write the number I want on a book. So like I'd be like top thousand, or the first one was top two thousand. My first open, and I got like eleven hundredth or something. Then the next one was like okay top five hundred, and I got like two hundred and something. Then the next one was top hundred, and I think I took sixtieth. So this year's going to be kind of hard. Top fifty. So I'm going to try to just get that. You can do it. I think Taylor self did it. If he can do it, you can do it. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm excited to do it. I really like the open and just kind of everything leading up to it. So easy day for you. Hey, um, when you pre CrossFit, what, what did you have any, um, uh, wow. I yeah, can't babe. believe you got top 2000 in your first year. That is nuts. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, did you have any, um, gym numbers that you remember before you did CrossFit? Like you, you benched 300 pounds or you did 20 strict pull-ups or what, what kind of shit could you do before you came to CrossFit? Yeah. So I was always pretty strong just because my football coaches and stuff would make me lift with the, the linemen through high school and all that. Um, but in high school I was squatting like 380. Crazy. Close to 400 pounds. Um, I was not, just, not to parallel though, high school squats, like only this far down. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> right above parallel, you know, not all the way down. Um, but no, I actually maxed, so my max back squat ever was when I was in junior college, my Cuban trainer had me do heavy squats and I, I hit 535 when I was in junior college. Yeah. 535. When's the last time you back squatted 500 pounds? I don't think I've gotten to 500. I think I hit 485 a couple months ago. Yeah. God, that doesn't even look like you. <laughs> yeah. That was that uh, vein in your neck's about to get Tommy John's. Yeah. 455 for three, I think. That was a three rep max. Yeah. You took you took fourteenth at Rogue, twelfth I think. Twelfth, I think. Uh, um, did you um? How, did you like that placement? Because I think I heard you say you wanted to be top five. Um, no, I think my goal at the time was top eight. Uh, when I spoke to you, um, but it it definitely showed. Like so, twelfth was exactly where I should should have been, or if not a little further down the field. Um, but it was, it was a lot of, um, like just kind of like rookie, I mean, being my first time, like little mistakes I made, oh, 13, there you go. Um, little mistakes. So there's like, 
a couple of those placements where I could have gotten like top 10 or a little bit closer, um, where I like got a no rep and I didn't adjust the right way. Like there was little things that kind of got me outside of that top 10 or top eight that I wanted, but it definitely showed where I was, um, just lack of experience on some of those. What was the workout you got second in the 31 second workout? The, uh, the rope climb, the race, like the rope climb sandbag. Carry. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You went to the final in that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And was there a hiccup there? You had to do something twice. Was there something weird about that? Um, no, no hiccups. No, no just got all right. Beat by Justin. But. So, but, uh, so that really just shows your athleticism there, right? That's like that's like the athletic workout. Yeah, the the track, football, baseball, yeah. soccer, you know, all like, hey, fuck, throw CrossFit out the door. Yeah. This is Jorge. Okay, you know, that's you your know, base. You know what's so funny though? I I tell this to my coaches. Like, I felt exactly like when I would pitch in college because it'd be go out and do it. So go rope climb, overhead squats, sandbag, then go to the dugout, put my hoodie on, sit in the dugout and wait till I go back out again. And then I'd go back out again, do it again, and then come back to it. So it felt like I was pitching again. Like just like the perfect out. environment for you. Yeah. So it was, it was cool. It all kind of mixed in and it was, it was a really fun, fun workout. Um, I knew that at the end, if I could come off the rope at the same time as Justin I would beat him, but he just got off that rope way faster and I couldn't catch him. Like, yeah. So the, le the leg list got me on that last one. I mean, you were the guy who was not supposed to be there, right? So these are 16 mm -hmm. of the 17 fittest guys in the world showed up. Yeah. Uh, they, they straight off the game, straight from the games, uh, list of the best guys in the world. And then here you are. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Congratulations. And th in that in that workout you took fourth and what was that workout? Um I want to say it was a 9 minute uh, time domain. Caleb will pull it up here in a second. Take a look at it. Fourth. Did I take a fourth? I think you took a second and a fourth uh, back to back. I saw. Was it not Good experience. Rogue was great experience. You loved it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I that's one I definitely would like to go back. It, it was yeah. the log. Oh, that was the, oh, the Oak, the one rep. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Dang, so once dude. again, your athleticism again paid off, right? That's because the, here's that something that's so, such weird shaped and you adapted to it. Yeah. It's that one, that one sucked too. Well, not sucked, but it's my placing. So we had the tie break at the beginning. Do you remember where it was just like a sandbag sprint? So I had the two, um, the two bags by my side and I sprinted and I was in first and I kind of, I tripped and I stumbled and that allowed for Ricky and Krennikov to, to pass me. If I would have tripped, I would have taken first on that. And so when we went to the log, all three of us tied on that log. So it got me a fourth instead of a third place oh. just with that little trip. And I almost face planted too. I'm surprised I didn't. Um, but yeah, those, God. those little execution things. Look at how your whole being changes when, how, how much weight is that overhead? I want to say that was like 275, 285 maybe. Like I don't even recognize you. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> it, I mean, you're just, just full of so much blood there. Look at that. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a cool event. I really, that was different.
How tall are you? Like 5'10", five, 5'9 five, and a half. Hey, go back to that a second, Caleb. Um, you're, you were a right-handed pitcher? I was, yeah. Is that bump? Yeah, right where that arrow is. Is that bump? Or we, is that where we're seeing? Is that the injury? It could be. I mean, I, that's the area. I don't know if that's what it is, but. I think that there's a there's a tiny muscle in there. I think it's called the brachialis. It might just be his brachialis. Because I don't yeah. see it on the other side. Yeah. Hey, like especially shadows. You want to know why I wore that Texas shirt? Is a fuck you to them? <laughs> no, I love that. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Why? Um, so my dream school since I was a kid, and I would ask for this on Christmas on my Christmas list to Santa is to play for the University of Texas baseball. And uh, yeah, so I, I my junior year at not junior year, my sophomore year at San Jack, uh, the junior college, their head baseball coach reached out to me and said, Hey, you know what? We're looking at you, whatever. And so they, they said they were going to offer me and they never did. And so I signed with San Diego state and a week later they called me and they said, Hey, we're sorry. We had a, uh, they're, they're clearing house. So they basically fired all the coaches and stuff. And so we didn't want to offer you and then you kind of be screwed. So that was the dream school that I almost went to that I wanted to go to. Um, but my, my junior college coach is now the pitching coach at UT and so I got to go visit him right before Rogue and stuff. And so that was the number one. That was like the school I've always wanted to go to is University of Texas. A classy, classy move that they um, reached out to you and at least told you that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was great. It was because I was, I was just kind of bummed out. I mean, obviously I was happy with signing with San Diego State and stuff. But yeah, they were going to offer me. I said, I don't care what you offer. Like, I'm going to play for you guys. Um, and they never did. But that's why. Hey, do you know what you're gonna wear to um uh Wadapalooza? Like color wise and stuff or branding or like are you gonna have the same uh, or will the whole yeah, yeah, exactly. Like do you have your outfits picked out for Wadapalooza? Oh no, not yet. Not I mean if Sam wants to match, I'll match with him because he wears noble, so you think that's a dumb question? Mm-hmm. No. I mean no. I don't. I mean, it's good to mask it. Like, I feel like if you look good, you're going to play good. So, but 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 the event's like in a few days, and you haven't picked out your clothes yet, so it's not that important to you. It's usually the night before. The night before, we get in our group text and we model for each other, and we just turn out. Yeah. Um. Uh. I led Sevon astray with that one. Always, you guys always lead me astray. Uh, come on, Sevon, you're better. No, I'm not better than those questions. Come on. Uh, Andrew told me that's the dumbest question ever. I'm like, what are you talking about? I love that question. Yeah, it's a good question. I am, I almost forgot it. And then, uh, oh yeah, it's, look, it's at the very top of my list too. Up here, number one question. I put up there just to piss people off. Do you know what you're wearing at Palooza? That's funny. Um, so for sure. So you're going to Wada Palooza on your team. We, we can watch you. Uh, you're the last two days, which is cool. That'll get to get you guys a lot of attention. People will be hyped. All the individual athletes who, do, who aren't competing will be watching. Uh, the coverage will be polished by then. They'll knock the rust off in the first two days. And it'll be you, uh, Sam Dancer, and Oshama. Um, any chance you guys could have of getting on the podium there? Um, is Sam Dancer just my- too old? Well, his bicep, he just got off that bicep tear um, yeah. surgery and stuff. So I, we kind of texted him and said, hey, you know what? Like, don't push this. We don't want him to get injured or anything. So it's really us just going out there having fun. Like, obviously, we're going to try to 
go out and podium and stuff. But it, I don't want him to feel pressured to have to try to go too hard. I told him if if the three two one comes and he says, you know what, I can't go. I understand. I'm not trying to. I want him to be good at the end of the day. So right. Uh, let me go. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream? Yeah, that one's dumb as shit. Uh, look good, feel good, play. Yep, that's I like that. Uh, they should be wearing a CEO shirt. What size shirt do you wear? I actually need one. Yes, an XL if you have one. Okay, I'm gonna get you an XL. I'm gonna text you right when we get off and find your um. Uh, you get your address. Perfect. Uh, okay. Now here, even dumber question. Jorge want to be in love. <laughs> You're a good dude, Heidi. Uh, oh yeah. Here's another great one. If he can talk to any animal, what would it be? And what would he say? God, I want to fucking kill myself. Jorge, um, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Thank you guys. You were gentlemen, a crazy gentleman when I met you in person. Uh, all the interviews I watched uh, yesterday, especially the Coffee Pods and Wads, you're a class act. Your parents Thanks, should be proud of you. And uh, I really hope, uh, since I've invested an hour and 40 minutes into you, that you continue to do well so you can help my numbers in the future when you come on the show. Of course, yeah. Great. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Dude, anytime. Anytime. Will you, t- you guys be at Waterpalooza or you're not headed out there? Uh, Caleb is stuck in the desert, uh, on, uh, very far away, but Matt Souza will be there. The executive producer, uh, Heidi will be there who is in the comments, uh, and, and a few other Bruce Wayne will be there. People will be there with, uh, iPhones and we'll be streaming live. Uh, water has been so gracious to give us full access. So we'll be, I'll be kind of there. I, you'll probably at some point, someone will hold up a phone and you'll see my picture and I'll say hi, Jorge. Yeah, yeah. like All Zelos, like yeah, Zelos. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. Sweet. All right then. All right, dude. Thank you so much. Uh, come on anytime. Uh, I, I consider you a friend. Thanks, dude. Thanks. You as well. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Later, brother. I get, I'm going to say it right now. I, I'm going to bet that when he goes individual, he ends up over at Mayhem. Somebody mentioned that in the comments, actually. I didn't even consider it. Not a yeah. bad, bad call. Uh, stop by. Oh, yeah. Stop by. Uh, Jorge, can you hear me? Jorge, stop by the booth. Stop by the booth, Jorge. Uh, any athlete? He's extra large, though. What are we going to do, Travis? I only ordered larges. What are we going to do? Uh, Caleb, I'm going to. Uh, Caleb now is opening the door. He thinks he hears something that he may need to address uh, on the other side of the white door. He's lowered the volume on the keyboard. He can't hear me. Uh, he hears something. I'm going to guess it's uh, uh, at first I thought it might be a patient, but now I'm guessing it's two employees fighting two other uh, having an argument. And Caleb wants to know uh, what they're fighting yeah. about. It's probably a patient actually. Oh, Hey, do you ever get people? Is it like a regular hospital? Do you ever get people? Oh, so please stop by the paper street coffee booth and the vindicate booth to get your free shirts. And um, if we like you or, or if you're registered for an event, I don't remember what the rules are for getting a free shirt. Gabe called me yesterday and I pretended to understand, but I was watching my kids skateboard. But some of the rules have been changed about who gets a free shirt. But just go there and beg. Just go there and beg. If you're a guy and you want a free shirt, pull your pants up high enough and show a moose knuckle. And if you're a girl, pull your shirt back like that. Um, yeah, there's some free shirts. Yeah. California hormones, uh, bought a thousand dollars worth of shirts and paper street coffee, bought a thousand dollars worth of shirts. Uh, and Travis of course gave us an amazing price on them. And so we're giving them away for, uh, registrants. Um, is your, is your, is, are, is that a, you're in a hospital? Yes. Okay. 
when I go to the hospital, there's always like a couple people like ah ah like they're ODing on some drug or something, right? They're the they're the, they call them um <laughs> what do they call no they call them uh the regulars they're the regulars. There's a word for them. Fuck. But do you do you have do you first of all do you have regulars? Yeah, but not in that not like in that capacity. Like okay. Do you have, have any hypochond- are there any hypochondriacs you work with? Uh, uh, uh on, that you not you work with, but that are on in, in yeah, because yeah. there's hypochondriacs yeah. in the regular population, so they got it. Definitely. Yeah. And because like your medical record is tied to like your disability, that people just come in just for stuff. Yeah, that word. Yes. Frequent flyers, thank you. <sighs> I have, I have another show in 13 minutes. I haven't yeah. sent out. I haven't even sent out the links. Are you on that show too? Yeah, I should be able to come on. Okay. I'm going to go refill my coffee, drop a deuce. Um, will you drop a deuce? Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, thank you. Uh, sorry about the audio issues. Uh, let's blame uh, CrossFit Invictus. And uh, yeah, they. I love this. Uh, after looking closely at your medical records and uh, evaluating your situation, you get 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. That's like the standard. <laughs> I know yes. it is. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I've also found CTP from Barbell Shrugs. Sevon Hiller is a lousy detective. That was my fault too. Was, He's not uh, on social media. Like CTP doesn't do his own social media anymore. I'm pretty sure just just his uh, training thing tank stuff. Crystal will also be dropping a uh, deuce. Crystal looks like she rides in a, like her boyfriend has a low rider. Like her her boyfriend's car has hydraulics for sure. Like an El Camino. Yes. Mm. Does does as, as uh, Ice Cube would says she she does the three wheel motion. Um. Okay. So, Jorge Fernandez, good dude. Uh, and we will be back in twelve minutes. Uh, with uh, John Young, and Brian Friend and C Beaver to discuss. I think we're doing individuals first. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get ahead of the curve, uh, go on over to Brian Friend's Instagram account. He posted his picks, crazy picks. I like them, but they're crazy. Did you look at them, Caleb? Yeah, a little bit. Concerning. They're crazy. Concerning. Yeah, he he got the concerning. Yeah, but but nice. Yeah. He got Emma Carey up at the top of the heap. I'm a huge Emma Carey fan. I didn't. Th- I'm a huge Emma Carey fan. That would surprise me the most. I think. Uh, take us with you to the uh, DMV. God, there's few things that I would I would rather have a fucking testicle removed than go to the DMV. Right. Uh, low rider, no thanks. I'm a Texas girl. Love trucks. Oh, so you want a lifted truck, not a lower truck. All right. <laughs> I knew there was something about, something about you. Um, I have to head out to sample wastewater. Everybody's dropping deuces now. Someone works at the shit plant. I had a friend who works at the ship. I have a friend who works at the ship plant. Great job. I imagine it probably is. Great job. 20 years at the ship plant, you can retire. Okay. All right. Enough. Okay. Uh, uh, see you guys now in 10 minutes. Bye-bye.